Hello, hello. My name is Dr. Rachel Gainsbrew, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property, seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Oh my goodness, I am super excited. So one thing that I know is that short-term rentals, you, you can make a lot of money with it but it's also a leaky bucket, right? And so since our philosophy and our strategy is how do we own and operate the fewest number of properties that generates the highest profitability, I'm always looking for levers within my community. What levers can we pull to generate revenue without creating an extra job for ourselves, without necessarily acquiring 50 more properties, right? We want to really optimize the one and rinse and repeat optimize the second and rinse and repeat. And one of the best ways of doing that is leveraging amenities within your property, especially amenities that make sense for your specific location, okay? So tonight I'm bringing you another treat. This is an STR hat, guys. And you know, since we focus on luxury, we want to pull all the stops. So for all of you who are investing and who are looking for a way to plug that leaky bucket, you do not want to miss out. I call I call them trainings, but it's like it's like a mix between a training or a live podcast. It's all of the things, all of the things. My marketing team is probably, oh my God, I can't stand her. But it is all good because Mandy is here with us and she is going to be dropping the tea with the community. Let's go ahead and get started, Madison. I'm so happy that you're here. Do you mind introducing yourself to the people, please? Absolutely. Hi, everyone. Happy to be joining and excited for tonight. I, my name is Maddie Rifkin. You can call me Maddie. And I am the CEO and co-founder of Mount, which is essentially a new startup in the short-term rental space. We're here to shake things up and do things differently. But what Rachel alluded to is that we are a software company that basically can help you automate the guest experience, the upselling, pretty much everything so that you're offering a complete stay and not just a place to stay. And then by doing that, see uh, increase in bookings, increase in your nightly stay, just many more ways to make a lot more money. So that's what we're all about. Oh, I love it. I love it. And so it's great. Like you already have an asset, right? And it's this property. You're already seeing your guests. They're visiting. They're providing feedback. And so just taking a moment, taking a step back to understand, well, what is it that I can provide for them as an added service? You know, I think that's definitely something that's worthwhile exploring. So, so Maddie, you said you're primarily a software company. Because I do know that one of the bottlenecks, you know, with hosts, especially busy hosts, a lot of our hosts are medical professionals. We have doctors, attorneys, travel nurses, they're busy. 
how do you manage, you know, all of the communication associated with, can I borrow your golf cart? Can I borrow this or that? It's like, oh my gosh, that's a whole other job managing that. And totally the fact right. that you have a solution for that so that it's more streamlined and it's more protected and insured, I think is absolutely amazing. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I like the way I like to describe what Mount essentially is, is we're a marketplace. So we have supply on one side, which is all these amazing amenities, experiences, and just cool offerings. And then on the other side, we have a, a database of travelers that are actively traveling to go find these experiences and amenities. And so you as a host can do one of two things, or maybe three or four. Mount is very versatile. One, if you know your property is big enough and you're like, I want to take on owning the supply, which would be bikes, scooters, golf carts, literally anything you want, then you would be in charge of owning it, keeping it on your property, listing it on the Mount Marketplace, and then that's how your guests can rent and find it. So in terms of collecting payment, giving instructions on how to use and all that stuff, that's taken care of with software. So you don't have to do it, but you do have to maintain the amenity, make sure it's usable. And that is a hands-on job. Like not a lot of people are like actively signing up for that because, you know, as you just said, you have a full nine to five and this is not it. So that's one way you can use Mount. The other way would actually be signing on to tap into the supply we already have. So let's say you have an investment property in San, or San Diego. We have over, you know, a thousand experiences and amenities and everything already listed in San Diego. You could actually pull in those amenities and offer those to your guests. They don't live at your property, but you're still marketing this full, complete experience to them. So you're more of a marketer of the marketplace as opposed to participating in it by act by participating with supply. But that way, it's very hands-off. You literally send your guests one link. You're like, hey, here are all my offerings. Book them. And it's up to someone else to deliver the bike to then have your guest use it. Okay, that's news to me. I don't think I, I even understood that, Maddie. So that is pretty cool. That's even less hands-on than I thought. So thank <laughs> you so much for explaining that. That is our business sometimes. And we're talking with Maddie from Mount. She is the founder of Mount. And we are looking for ways to generate more revenue with your short-term rental properties without adding more doors necessarily. Remember, our philosophy is optimizing, optimization. How do we own and operate the fewest? That will generate the highest profitability, okay? So I'm really excited for this conversation. I already felt that we're going in the right direction where it was hands-off, but Maddie just shared that it's even more hands-off because... They've already built a marketplace in, in certain markets. So let's talk about that a little bit more. So what markets are you already live in? Yeah, so that second one I shared with you is is quite new. Um, mm -hmm. And we're more in the testing phase with that. So we've nice. actually been talking to hosts to figure out the best way to build it. But yeah, San Diego and Palm Springs are our two test markets. And then in a two-hour driving radius. So I think Big Bear falls into that category, potentially Lake Tahoe, but my geography could be wrong there. But yeah, mostly California is our test area right now for that second very, very hands-off model. For the one I mentioned before, that was Mount's origin, and that's we're not going to stop doing that. So if you do want to contribute supply to the marketplace, you're more than welcome to. And that you can do anywhere in the, the country. Amazing. Already, I love the direction that we are going in. So really excited about the, the beta that you're testing as well. So that gives us a little bit of a, a preview of what's, what's on the roadmap for the future. But tell us a little bit about you, Maddie. How did you get into the short-term rental business altogether? How did you get started? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting story. And it's one that did not start with intentionally getting into the short-term rental industry. So the Mount origin story or my origin story, the same thing. I started this whole adventure when I was 12. 
And I was building bike locks in my garage, as you know, a 12 year old might do. And there was an invention competition <laughs> at my school, decided to enter that. It was like Shark Tank before I knew what Shark Tank was. And I was like, oh, this is fascinating. And so ended up spending like a year of my fifth grade building this bike lock and presented it to a lot of the Colorado people and ended up winning a patent that I got fully funded for myself. So I had kind of that in my back pocket. And then I think I was just fascinated with wanting to be an entrepreneur and a CEO and saw that in my family and people around me. and was like, that is the path I want to take. Like, I need to be a millionaire. That's probably how I'm going to do it. Let's make it happen. And so I, you know, I was 12 years old. There's not a lot you can do when you're 12. So I had to kind of put that dream on hold a little and learn some stuff. So I went to Northeastern University and studied entrepreneurship to no one's surprise. And that's when Mount Locks actually was officially started. So Mount was Mount Locks and it started as a bike lock company. And that's, that's what we did. And ended up standing a supply chain up in China, you know, prototyped, built this whole hardware product. And then, you know, COVID hit, couldn't do what we were doing. Also, no one needed a new bike lock that was not new and had to kind of rethink what we were doing. And at that time I was in the scooter world. I was working alongside like Bird and Lime and Uber and Lyft on their scooter programs with locks and just noticed that a lot of people riding scooters were tourists. And I was like, that's really bizarre because they're marketing this as a commuting tool and commuters are not really using it. And so in the middle of COVID, when the scooter companies kind of got shut down, I was just driving around like a crazy woman in Colorado, dropping scooters off at Airbnb property <laughs> to see if that, you know, had any sticky thing in it. I don't know. And honestly discovered the real problem, which was not that Airbnb hosts and short-term rental hosts needed scooters, although they liked them. But it was really the fact that they needed to diversify their revenue streams and they were making 99% of their revenue from bookings, you know, during COVID got wiped away. And so they're like, how do I capitalize on the guests when they're actually staying with me? And little did they know about 83% of travelers actually spend about $43 a day on experiences. And I'm like, that is a lot of money being left on the table. So that's when... I came to the table with my team. I'm like, guys, we can't do locks anymore. We're also not doing scooters. Don't want any of that. We're going to pivot into this software company that essentially is this marketplace that's bringing together the traveler and the, the local and the host so that they can work together as opposed to working against each other. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And And you're absolutely right, Maddie, because why can't we capitalize on some of that revenue that's being spent on a day-to-day -day basis? I know in, in my market, the beach market, they're spending over $200 a day on various things, whether it's food and, you know, so yeah. like, is there something that I can do in my business to, you know, provide an added service, a bonus, you know, for them and make it convenient for them? They're going to spend it anyway. There's a whole different vibe when you're on vacation. It's like, oh, what's a budget? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to spend right? everything I own. <laughs> something else the kids want stuff like this is like dollar tree stuff all of a sudden on vacation it's like what is this new toxy but it's a hot mess but i i think that's very interesting i love that you know your ability to pivot right yeah. and that's part of real estate investing right like okay how do we pivot how do we pivot how do we pivot during all kinds of economies right we, we've been through a few uncertain times so i absolutely love this conversation Okay, so let's talk about the specifics of some of the amenities that the hosts that are using your platform. Well, what are some of the most popular amenities that you see them leveraging? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, but also a really hard one because at first we were only doing the hard goods. So like electric bikes and 
paddle boards and kayaks, and those are still really popular. But what we notice is that when a person is traveling, and we typically cater to the Gen Z traveler, these people that want that unique experience, uh, they truly are asking their guests, like, or no, sorry, the guest is asking their host crazy questions where it's like, because they look at you guys as the locals, even though sometimes you aren't. But I think that's mm-hmm. just how Airbnb positioned itself. And so they're like, what is the best, most unique thing I can do when I'm staying at your property? And, you know, you should actually think to yourself right now, like, what questions are my guests asking me? Because that's the best clue as to what you can be offering. And in some cases, it is electric bikes, because like if you live near a winery in Oregon, for example, electric bikes will literally get you to all the wineries. And it is a fun experience in doing that. Although I can't like outwardly promote that because you should not be drinking and riding bikes at the same time. But along those lines, you know, people get really creative in San, in San Diego, for example, there's this experience where it's somehow involving miniature pigs and petting them and having like this really creative, unique experience. And I'm like, yeah, I would totally sign up for that. So, and then I was talking on the phone today with another host who's like my destination. It's not a destination. It's like the middle of Louisiana, I think. And he's like, there's not a lot to offer, but we're starting to have like these bourbon breweries pop up. And I'm like, make an experience around that. Curate and talk to these bourbon breweries. Tell them what you're doing, that you're bringing in tourists and you want to create this experience with them and then offer it on Mount. So I think it depends how creative you want to get. If you want to just go with electric bikes or if you want to go the full nine yards and offer miniature pigs for rent or whatever, up to you. But, you know, people, I think the more creative, the better because the tourist and the traveler and the guests these days want something really unique, memorable, Instagrammable, you know, all the stuff that millennials then trickle down to Gen Zs. And now here we are with the TikToks. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Miniature pigs. You know what? I would be down for that as well. (laughs) Just for the record. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that is absolutely awesome. So I know we've interviewed with Annie Sloan not too long ago with the host.co. Are you familiar with that particular brand? I am. Yeah. Annie and I are are good friends. Um, (laughs) Yes. And I do think our products work well together. Like Mount is never going to be a storefront. We're more focused on the traveler community while she's focused on shoppable Shopify experiences. And I think they kind of work well together, actually. You could sell a a s'mores kit in her store and offer firewood for purchase via Mount. (laughs) Gotcha. Say that again. (laughs) I'm like, so yeah, so explain that to me. Like, what is, how is it different again, Maddie? Yeah, so we're not really a shoppable store. We're a marketplace and the marketplace lives in our app. Um, So we have a whole community of travelers that are actively traveling because they know that host is offering mount experiences and amenities. It's like kind of a reverse way of booking almost. Okay. And then one of the other bigger differentiators is that Mount's marketplace is fully insured as well. So we own an insurance policy that everyone who lists on Mount's platform becomes additionally insured. So if you are offering that electric bike, you can kind of have that peace of mind that, you know, the insurance is there and and working. I think that's kind of unique to our industry, actually. So, Okay, very cool. Very cool. No, I absolutely love that. So for those places, especially when you have an up and coming, you know, amenity that is going to be available. I think that's really cool. You know, like the example he gave a little bit earlier on regarding Louisiana, the bourbon, that's a big thing, bourbon tours, you know, everyone's talking about that. So I think that's super cool. So what would you say the the revenue split or the spread looks like for the, the experience host, so to speak? Like, how does that come into place? Yeah. So the experience host gets to set their own price. Uh, we will step in and let you know if you've lowballed yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but 
whatever price you guys set, you keep. So 100% of the revenue. Our software fee is about $15 a month per whatever you're listing. And then we actually just upsell the experience or amenity offering to the guest. So depending on what it is, we'll upsell it anywhere from like 10 to 20%. So that's where our money comes from is, as you pointed out earlier in the conversation, travelers have no threshold of cost. So an extra $5 to them, they don't even know they're charging it. They only see the final price, but they're so not price sensitive that it works. Awesome. So, so walk me through, Maddie, what that would look like. So say I'm coming to town and I want to utilize some of the offerings on Mount. Does the host typically market that or put that out there? Or is there another mechanism that I would find as some of these offerings? Yeah, I think the first point of attack is the host sending their unique link to their guests, which can take them on a web version of the app or the app itself, depending on how the guest wants to use Mount. But, you know, as I alluded to the other earlier in the conversation, normal people can download our app and basically see what's to offer. At this exact moment in time, the map is not as populated as it will be down the line. But yeah, theoretically, in a a perfect scenario in in a world where Mount is like thriving and huge like Airbnb is, you'd open it up and see everything you could possibly do right around you, whether it's offered from you, Rachel, or someone else, or even their host. It's just supposed to be this amazing travel marketplace where people go and can find really local, localized recommendations. Awesome. Linda has a question, and thank you so much (laughs) to Robert. Rob says, many pigs are cute AF. (laughs) Agreed. But I don't want to own one, but would I totally go spend time for an hour with one? Yes. (laughs) Right. I love it. Okay. That's a fun time. I see. Rob, are you going to be, I don't think you said you're going to be in Nashville this time. I think you have other priorities, (laughs) which I'm super excited about. Are there particular markets or regions where hosts can utilize these amenities? And I know you're growing. So where are you now? Where are you live now? Yeah, I mean, as I said, San Diego is probably our biggest test market at the moment and then Palm Springs. But because technically the feature is live on Mount's website where anyone can go and create an account and list amenities, we do have random croppings of amenities here and there. So, yeah, I mean, I would encourage people to open the app and basically see what's around you. Most likely you're going to get a blank map because we're not there yet because we're a very small company. But if you scroll over to San Diego, you might be able to find some stuff. So that's kind of where I would point you in that direction. Until we get bigger. Okay. So the random croppings, is that something that you're open to allowing hosts to just kind of test out some of these amenities that are local to them? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have a lot of people that have worked to create relationships in their local communities just because they, you know, short-term rentals have such a bad rap that if you work with the local community, it might make you look a lot better to what's going on. So we have a lot of hosts that have personally curated relationships with their local bike vendor, with the local restaurant, you know, whatever it may be. Those people are all perfect to upload into the Mount system. But the random cropping of hosts are more people that use it in the first scenario where they are putting electric bikes on their property. They already had kayaks and paddle boards and just wanted to use Mount basically to offer it, monetize it, insure it, all that stuff. Yeah. So a lot of the members of my community are very averse to legal exposure. (laughs) So when you say insure, it's like people think it's boring, but our ears perk up. I was like, yes, I don't get to lose my medical license over, you know, someone just kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Or something. So we're all about the insuring side of things. So awesome. Awesome. 
I love that. I, what if you want to offer, for instance, a private chef? What does that look like for the host and the guest? Is the host acting as the middle person to get the guest connected to a chef through the Mount app? Could you walk us through a scenario like that? And that would apply to any of the service offerings. Say it's a masseuse or say it's something else. Could you kind of walk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. So if you know a local chef that you want to work with that you had in mind or just one in general, we would have the chefs actually become the supply on the marketplace. So they would essentially list themselves for purchase, which sounds very weird. So I should not have phrased it like that. But basically, they would show up in our marketplace as Linda, private chef. You will have options, availability times. You can block out days you don't want to work. And the guest would basically get your link that would take them to your, your host page within our app. That's like, hey, I'm offering this private chef, offering this bike rental. The guest would click book and then they would book it. And before we can confirm it, we would send that booking to the chef because they're the person that has listed themselves on that booking. Being like, hey, can you confirm? Can you work these days? If yes, then we'll collect payment. So Mount does it all. You basically are just the marketer once you get the chef listed as, a, as an amenity, essentially. Awesome. Okay, so as far as the upside for the, the host, it would be more of that liaison, the communities, the guest communication side offering an amenity, but there's really no monetary upside for the host in terms of the, you know, the booking of that chef, unless there's something that's prearranged or something like that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like if we can prearrange something so the chef is coming through you guys, then I think in that case, you can cut into the monetary. But really where we've been hearing the value is for this is it's really a property differentiator. So it's not like you're capturing $100 for when that chef gets booked, but it's more you're capturing a higher occupancy level per month. Um, maybe you change your nightly right, your nightly rate because you're offering all these amenities now. So you can capture the money other places as opposed to having to rely on getting bookings, because we found this also, if you rely on just getting bookings and you go a month without getting them, you know, that monetary value isn't there. But if you're able to advertise and really build this into your book direct strategy, then you monetize that way where you're getting more direct bookings, you're getting more occupancy, and that translates to way more revenue than it would from like $100 from a private chef. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. How does a host share their link and info on the OTAs. So what does that look like? What is the best practice on sharing that link, the the custom URL yeah. with the upcoming guests? Yeah, so you would need to work with us to get set up and then that's how you get your link. Once you get that link, it depends on how you've set up your property. Are you working with a property management system, communication? Are you simply just on the OTAs? Like whatever your answer is, the, the solution is the same for Mount. We give you pre-templated, I guess, messages, if you will. So you can drop one in your direct listing that says, hey, we're working with Mount. This is my shoppable link, what, however you want to phrase it, really. And then in your guest communication, too, you should be sending them a message right when they book and be like, hey, these are all my extra offerings. Like, do you want to pre-book them before you come? You can also ping them again right when they arrive, being like, hey, if you haven't seen this yet, this is everything I offer. You should book it now during your stay. So if you want to automate that, set that up with your PMS and just integrate it into your current workflow. If not, that would be a little tedious. So I would probably suggest getting something that automates your messaging. I hear you loud and clear. I love it. I have over 100 properties and we're looking for a way to offer insurance services to our guests for additional revenue streams. What do you mean by insurance service? 
sense. I don't know if you understand what he means by that, but he says, how can I help you grow and offer and offer you through my digital concierge screens and my listing? Maddie? For the insurance offerings, he might mean something like Superhog or like Safely, where the guests can opt in for an insurance on damage to the property, maybe. I don't know. Let us know. Uh, And then, yeah, honestly, we do work with a lot of digital guidebooks and digital concierges, and we would just need you get to get you set up with a unique link. And then when you have that unique link, it's actually populated per property because your properties might want to offer slightly different things based on their locations and distance from amenities and experiences. So I would just drop each link into each property's guidebook or however you want to handle that. Okay. But that would be the easiest way. Nice, nice. Okay. It says offer various services. Yeah. Okay. Instead of insurance services, he meant various services. Oh. Okay. Was it proprietary, like something that was kind of custom? Okay. He uses super hard. I'm talking about your screen. We're using, what is it? Welcome, you're welcome. Or are you using another one? Oh, it's something called Guest View. He's using that. So I wonder, yeah. that sounds like it would be cool to have all of the amenities, local amenities in there. Are you familiar with the Maddie? Guess yeah, Guest View. Guest View guide. Yeah, or? I mean, that's a beautiful tablet you've put in your property. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would nice. probably just change some of the content or just add some content that's like, you can name it whatever you want as a tab, probably in the Guest View tablet as like, you know, experience offering, something like that. So the guest knows to click on it and then go in there and, if it's big enough, it might just be able to, you could embed the link maybe so the, the whole web page of your offerings just populates on that tablet. If not, you might want to just do a QR code they scan with their phone and it takes them to the landing page where they can purchase and stuff like that. We'd have to see. Yeah, I, we don't do a lot of software integrations in the space just because there's so many property management softwares. There's so many guest tablets and all that stuff. So we aren't integrated with them, but I don't see why they can't embed our link. Yeah, that might be a worthwhile task. Just to clarify, the host can put all their offerings and amenities under one mount link. Is that correct? Yes. We typically differentiate by property just because you might not want to offer electric bikes at one property and you might want it offered at the other. If you know that your offering is going to be standardized across all your properties, then you can have one link. It's really up to you. We do like to make the links specific to each property so that you can also in that page describe about your property, why you are unique as a host, and then what they can do if they're renting bikes. Like you can put in recommendations and stuff like that as well, which will entice them to buy whatever you're offering. So Mount is, I guess it's, you know, it's so versatile that it's really meant to work the way you as an individual host want to, you as a property manager with a hundred properties, like it's meant to mold to what you need to do which is why there's so many different use cases you can go down. Yeah, I think that's super cool. So since we were talking a little bit early about the insurance, could you tell us a little bit about the insurance? Like, is it liability insurance, damage insurance? Could you tell us a little bit more? Absolutely. Yeah, so Mount is the policy owner and it is a general injury liability policy. So it's really built for the amenities like electric bikes, scooters, kayaks, paddle boards, all of the small stuff that you'd offer where the guests could potentially hurt themselves, that's the kind of injury liability we cover. So by working with Mount and by using our software, you actually get to be named an additional insured. So you get an umbrella coverage type of deal with Mount. So that way, if you are offering electric bikes and someone happens to hurt themselves, that is covered. Now, where it, it doesn't go into play is if you offer electric bikes and then you don't service the bikes for a year or two and the guest hurts themselves because the bike literally just broke and combusted 
then the policy doesn't really go into effect because that was gross negligence. <laughs> so, you know, there are those standard caveats of an insurance policy, but it is meant to cover all of that gray area that you're like, does my property insurance cover this? I don't think so. I am fearful of giving my guests kayaks and then what happens. So that's kind of where we come into play. Yeah, awesome. And that's that's a great call out as well, because I, I think that's a big mistake, right? To not be prepared, you know, for those types of situations, especially if you're in an area where, you know, it's a sought after amenity, you want to offer it, but you're not quite insured and just kind of put your, putting yourself out there and, and living off of hopium, hoping for that. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the other thing we've seen too, is I've come across a ton of people that think that and this isn't their fault. This is what the, the industry has educated them on is that by offering a damage waiver and getting people to sign that, that that is basically the same thing as having an insurance policy. And we always advise that the the damage waiver, getting them to sign that, whatever it may be, the injury waiver is nowhere near close to having an insurance policy and the waivers most likely will not stand up in a court of law. So, you know, definitely be careful and educate yourself before you offer these amenities. And then if you just want to leave all the burden to mount, work with us. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Outsource, right? <laughs> Outsource. Outsource the risk and worry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned a little bit earlier that sometimes hosts will underprice themselves and you all intervene and you let them know, you know, here's what the market value for what they're offering should be. And that appears to be one of the mistakes that you've seen. What are some other mistakes that you have seen from the host side, whether it's setting expectations or the guest side with using it. Yeah, I mean, some of the initial things we've seen are just, I think people get really excited when they hear they can put anything on there for rent. And so some people get a little carried away and, you know, want to put in like water bottles for purchase. And I'm like, you, you should probably just su supply that for free. So a lot of people tell the line of like nickel and diming versus what they should actually be upselling. And so and it is a gray area. I mean, it's really hard to figure out like what, what you should and what you shouldn't, partly because hotels you know, upsell a ton of stuff and make you purchase pretty much everything. So it's, it's a hard line to walk. That's one of the mistakes we've seen. The other is, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that might be it. I, sometimes, I mean, you do have to make sure the amenities are like back in place and like the, the guests brought them back. Our software can tell you some of that, but like you should have someone, someone's eyes on them just making sure like they're not completely broken and stuff like that. And then I think the other issue we've seen not issue just like people don't really realize they need to is like you really do need to become a marketer of these amenities like it's not mount is so new that if a guest shows up to your place and sees a bike they might not necessarily know they can rent it let alone use mount to rent it and so a lot of people sign up to work with us and then they don't get any rentals in the first month and they're disappointed and I, then i go and ask them i'm like well did you put any signage up saying like that this thing is rentable or that they can be used they're like no and i'm like okay but did you at least tell your guests that they could rent it or how? And they were like, no. And I'm like, well, then how are you expecting someone to know how to rent this? So there is an education piece from both sides, host and guest. And if you want to make a lot of money, if you want this to succeed, you are going to have to market it. And you, you know, that takes a little time to set up. There's ways to automate it, but it can't be forgotten. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> it's like a reminder, right? That everything needs to be marketed, right? Items on the app tend to be things for rent. Are there any items for purchase? So I know we spoke about services. Are there any goods that can be added to the app that can be purchased? You're welcome to. And we have done that in the past. Like people have done firewood bundles and these 
things we used to call amenity boxes that were like mini bars. But they didn't bring a lot of extra value and they brought a lot of extra work because if you do purchasable items, you have to refill them. You have to make sure they're back in the premise of the property. And, you know, as Rachel, you want to do things that don't make you do extra work, but create a lot of extra value. So, you know, and we've been around for about a year in our learnings, we realized you should be offering bigger ticket items, stuff that will not take a lot of work every single day. And so for the purchasable items, it is a lot easier to do the preloaded experiences that we offer, curating your own experiences as opposed to selling t-shirts, you know, unique creative goodies from your local town, a bottle of wine, like all that stuff is incremental and it adds great value. But if you're really trying to increase revenue, I think they're going to remember the little pigs versus the versus the t-shirt. <laughs> I love it. And we were just talking about that last week, right, Linda? ROE, our return on effort, <laughs> return on energy is just as if not more important than ROI. So I absolutely love it. So I love the, the example of the little pigs experience. What are some other amazing amenities or experiences that you have seen that have increased value outside of that one? An interesting one in Michigan was this woman knew. Uh, one of her friends wanted to offer ice fishing tours in the winter. And, you know, that's not, that's not something you get every single day everywhere. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty unique. I would go for it. Another random one that I do like to bring up and talk about because I think it's hilarious is someone wanted to put their podcast studio uh, on Mount for rent that was also attached to their Airbnb and short-term rental property. And I was like, oh, it's really interesting. And, you know, there's podcasters out there. So it kind of depends, like, who is the audience slash guest that you're trying to cater to? And then that'll depend on what type of amenities you want to offer. Because obviously, you know, someone who is a travel nurse is not coming to go ice fishing. Their needs are completely different. And so that definitely matters too. Like, are you in an urban environment? Are you in a rural, rural environment? Are you in the middle of nowhere? All these things have to be taken into consideration. And so right now we're so small. We love hopping on the phone with pretty much everyone to walk through what your properties are, what your guests are offering you. And we'll help brainstorm like what you could offer. And dig into our vault of what's already on the supply side. We don't, we haven't publicized a lot of what's on the supply yet. So for anyone that wants to hop on the phone, I'm happy to chat. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. And I hope you guys who are listening take Maddie up on that offer. I know we will. And I love that you just mentioned the podcast studio because two weeks in a row, I just came off of a coaching call with our LSA Academy members. Two weeks in a row, I get an ask for what to do when an influencer reaches out. And that was really interesting. So last week I was like, <laughs> just ignore them. <laughs> just kidding. But, you know, there are definitely parameters, right? But this week when I got the question again, I said, okay, I need to create a framework, you know, and part of the framework was identifying what not only the numbers are, but, you know, their reach and their engagements. So some of those things are really important as well if not more important than the actual number. But when you just said podcast studio, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so it's all like coming full circle. That's something you're right. A travel nurse would need, but an influencer, that would be a spot uh, for sure that I can imagine, you know, that individual, if there are some influencers in the area, they can do an influencer brunch at the property, you know, and invite them all to totally. have a podcast. Then you know, get a buzz around that property. 
And imagine multiple influencers just kind of, you know, posting simultaneously and they're there for a couple of days and do an in-kind exchange. But, you know, a podcast studio would definitely be something that, you know, for a certain population of individuals that would work and that would put the word out. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the influencer thing. In another life, I was a, a social or an Instagram food influencer when I was in college and it was a great time. <laughs> But yeah. I do get the thing. You gotta you gotta vet the numbers and everyone asks for free stuff. That's why I started my food Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love it. Maddie, how can the people find you? What is the best way to connect with you? Yeah, LinkedIn is is great because I'm very active there. If you guys want to message me and set up a time to chat, we can do that. Rachel also has my email, so you can give that <laughs> out as you please. <laughs> and other than that, yeah, those are the best two ways. Yeah, I think those are good. Or, you know, go to our website too, but I'm not really on our website. So maybe not. (laughs) Yeah, they could probably like take a peek and then just go to LinkedIn. So find Maddie on LinkedIn. You'll be listed under Madison on LinkedIn. Yes. All right. So guys, there you have it. I really hope you all receive some insights from tonight. As you know, I'm always looking for creative ways to show you and share what's possible with the short-term rental industry. But again, thank you for your unwavering support. And all right, guys, love you to the moon and back and goodbye for now. 